A foundational issue in regard to mainstream science is that you must not allow even the slightest possibility of God or the miraculous to enter into the equation of deduction. If you were to even suggest or imply that God might have anything to do with what we observe in science, then it is not believed to be good science. My problem with this logic is, what is the harm in even considering the supernatural when over 90% of the world believes in it? We have more than sufficient scientific evidence to suggest that God may have a hand in who we are and where we live. Good science, like legal and philosophical arguments, should be an observation of the facts, period. Or is another agenda being promoted? Join us now as we unravel The Great Divide, Bible and Science. My name is Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, good day everybody. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to the Russick Outlook. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I'm coming to you from the laboratory. Yes, I'm digging out the old high school and university textbooks, wiping the dust off, getting out my Erlmeyer flask and beaker and test tubes and trying to remember <clears throat> the chemical compounds and elements and the, the, the neutrons and the electrons and so forth and so on. Why? Because I'm talking about what I call the Great Divide. Uh, Bible and science, and really how that's come out into the forefront uh, of a lot of headlines and, and a lot of uh, belief systems in universities today, how that's kind of bled, if you will, into other areas of life, particularly our culture. Um, and, and I wanted to kind of really get into what's going on, like why such a radical change from where we were even 15, 20 years ago to what's going on today to the point where if you are defending the faith or if you claim that you're a Christian or you believe in some of the things that the Bible uh, has has brought to light and it, it goes or crosses into the areas of some areas of science, then it's considered to be uh, null and void and, and, and moot, and you can't go there. You can't bring God into the equation of a scientific deduction. It's, it's not allowed. And, and this, not, is, this is not what it was uh, for so long. As a matter of fact, I, I can cite so many different uh, scientific discoveries, great fa- uh, foundational discoveries of, of great, uh, wonderful minds uh, that were Christians, that relied upon their faith, that prayed, that, that sought the wisdom of God when they were conducting their experiments and working on their theories. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about people like Copernicus, Robert Boyle, Michael Faraday, George Mendel, George uh, S. Lemaitre, Isaac Newton, Carl Frederick Glaus, George Washington Carver, Florence Nightingale, Samuel Morse, and I can go on and on and on. And, and these people, uh, you know, very openly, uh, you know, talked about their faith and their reliance upon God. And it did not interfere with their work or their initiatives to uh, um, practice and, and dig into their specific areas of science or, uh, 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 you know, just categories, I'll say, that, that they were working on. And, and what's happened in the last 15, 20 years, 25 years, you know, Christians are ridiculed. And, and, and I want to dig into, well, really, what's going on? What's behind this? And is there this great divide? Let's let's look at some of these things and, and, and see, is, is this real or is this kind of a facade? Uh, and, and I would contend that much of this is really about power. It's about shaping and moving the culture and, and moving people away from their reliance upon God. 
and uh, sadly, it's even you know it's it's shifted into the church, and the church is, has kind of combined uh, you know something like the Book of Genesis and the account of creation. You know they've they've delved or they've morphed it into uh, the theory of evolution, and and they try to combine the two, you know, just to appease both the church and and uh, the intellectual community, so to speak. So anyway, I wanted to get into this. I want to look at it openly, objectively. What is what are some of these things saying, and uh, and and just kind of you know put it out there. Um, hey, listen, if it, I, I would love if you wouldn't mind, please hit the like, the subscribe button, um, and, and ring that bell on on YouTube and other platforms that we're working on. Just help us get the information out because what we're trying to do is objectively engage people and get to the heart of truth, no matter what the category is. Uh, specifically, you know, today talking about Bible and science and seeing if there is common ground and if there's not, well, you know, what's going on? Um, so if you could, if, if subjects like this appeal to you, please hit that like and subscribe button and share the information, share the video. There's share buttons no matter what platform you're on that you can do that with. Um, and, and, it, and again, share it if you think it's worthwhile. Share it if you think it's valuable. And if it's not, then, then that's it. Then, you know, then don't. Or you can leave me a, you know, a comment, shoot me an email, and tell me what your thoughts are and why. And, and that's all good. So anyway, I wanted to really get into this. Um, so on that note, let, let's, let, let's do that. So I believe that there is a very specific blueprint that's being orchestrated by the hierarchy of America's power mongers, and it's all about the advancement of today's political left. And yes, I am talking to you about uh, my, my viewpoint because I am an American, but I see this in other countries as well. So much of what I say is coming from an American perspective, but uh, you know, perhaps if you're listening from another country, you can relate to it or you can see some of this in your country, and I, I, I am going to cite some of those uh, others outside of America as well. Uh, the not-so-subtle attempts to undermine a Christian's intellect in the court of public opinion is a foundational design in gaining the upper hand. And, and it's much like a military battlefield. The strategy is always to gain control on the top of the hills and aim down. Fire on your enemy while they're in a defensive posture and they're scrambling to get to the top. The hilltop, in this instance, is the moral higher ground. For this encounter, target Christianity's belief system. You know, let people know or, 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 or charge them with being out of touch with modern-day realities or modern-day scientific discoveries. Specifically attempt to demean them as being led by this ancient and out-of-date manuscript, namely the Bible. Uh, so before exploring these tactics, let me first look at their motives. Why Christians? Uh, well, you know, again, I'm referencing America, but I've seen this in other countries where Christians are being elevated or elected and, and put into positions of authority and power in government, I'm citing, uh, because the government will help shape other areas of influence. So I'm seeing this in Hungary, Poland, Honduras, Brazil, Bolivia, uh, and, and that's just to name a few. I'm sure there are others. But wherever Christianity or discipleship in Jesus is rising, the agenda of the left is feels threatened. Control of the United States is the key component to the ultimate globalist agenda. As such, involved Christians remain a giant roadblock to their de de decisive prize. So if you're watching me on video, you see some political cartoons here. If you follow me on podcasts, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing some things out here. It says, in science we trust, 
uh, a political cartoon of, of Hillary Clinton uh, saying, don't you dare question where I stand on abortion while she's on a mound of skulls. Everyone knows I have the higher moral ground. Another one of Obama, higher moral ground. But you get the point. Uh, so this is, you know, kind of like aimed down. They are puffing themselves up as being all-knowing, and, and they're the ones who have the cards in their hands. The principal objections to the Old and the New Testament in relation to science is the conclusions have to be predetermined to be factual. You cannot go against the status quo. Any challenge to this or the outcome of 21st century textbooks in biology, astrophysics, geology, human anatomy, paleontology, chemistry, all of them, it's considered to be preposterous or better yet, simply illogical. Hence, I have my picture of Dr. Spock here. Uh, with, with these boundaries in place, Christianity is ripe for ridicule when challenging human or cosmic evolution, climate change, abortion, or most recently, the handling of the COVID-19 virus. All areas are key to controlling the narrative for the left's power struggle. Truth is simply irrelevant. It's inconsequential to the mission. Ironically, groups or individuals attempting to challenge the relevance of the Bible often cite their objections with claims that the Bible ignores science. You hear this all the time. Uh, interestingly, and, 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 and I've been a Christian for a long, long, long time, been in and around the church, I have never heard anybody claim that the Word of God is some type of educational primer in any area of scientific development. It's, it's something that's pushed out there. It's a narrative of which they can cling to. But again, it's, it's, it's just, it, you know, it's, you, you're comparing things that aren't accurate at all. Science means knowledge. True science always agrees with observable evidence. Scientific research continues to unfold the wonders and the mysteries of this universe. God bless the scientific community. God bless the, the, the researchers and, and the people who are, who are doing these things in, in earnest, trying to make our lives better, whether it's in technology, in biology, or in physics, geology, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, but as long as you're about an, an objective, correct conclusion uh, without the influence of uh, politics, money, uh, who's, who's funding the research should always go into it. A lot of this, you'll see a lot of these scientific conclusions or some of the patents that are coming out. Look at who's funding it because more often than not, you know, as the saying goes, follow the money trail. So what I'd like to point out is some of the the tactics that are used. And ultimately, this is about deflection. And, you know, I cite here, you know, on, on video, I'm, I'm showing uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and, and some others, um, uh, uh, some of the late night hosts and whatnot. And, and, and you'll see all these. But let, let me start with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I believe is the curator for the planetarium, uh, if not, he's, you know, very, very high position of influence there and around the world. Um, he, he's written the book, uh, the author of the book, Cosmos, A Space-Time Odyssey. And, you know, you've, you see him on, on a lot of shows and, you know, brilliant mind. Um, but let me just cite something that, that he, I'm going to quote him directly. It says, some claim that evolution is just theory, as if it were merely an opinion. But evolution, like the theory of gravity, is a scientific fact. Evolution really happened. So, in other words, it's cut, it's, it's satisfied, it's, you know, you cannot say that this is a theory. So, when I was growing up, 
you would I, my scientific uh, uh, classroom studies. You had the theory of evolution. You had the theory of creation. You and 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 it was presented about and 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 offered as best you could with those textbooks and that information. There's no new knowledge. There's nothing new that's astounding that's come out in the last 20 or 30 years. You know, that, whoa, look at this. Look at these scientific discoveries. Look at these uh, discovery of fossils. For that matter, if we came through the way that, that they're describing, we should have zillions of fossils, and we don't. But notice that he's, you're, you're, you're squashing any type of debate. It's not allowed. Accepting, and he goes on to say, accepting our kinship with all life on Earth is not only solid science, in my view, it's a soaring spiritual experience. So now he's he's eliminating God by by bringing in evolution, but he now he wants to massage you by saying, but it's a spiritual experience. So it, it's it's the and whether he means that sincerely, you know, he very well could, and I'm not I'm, I'm not disputing that. But what I'm saying here is that a man's influence and they're pour, 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 putting him out in front. They're pushing him out those. The atheists, the, the the ones who want to remove God from the equation of deduction, as saying, "Here, here's our voice," um, and 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 there's others. Uh, you know, I, I I'm 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 citing uh, Hillary Clinton, who all well, not always, uh, more often than not, would be very condescending in terms of people who would disagree with her. Barack Obama, you know, the, to me, the ultimate narcissist, the sarcasm of the late night host, and you know. You know, mocking you. And, and let, let, let me give you an example. This is something I'll never forget. In 2008, John McCain's running for president. And Katie Couric is, is then the anchor for CBS Evening News, a very prestigious position, a position of influence. And she's interviewing, um, uh, I believe, McCain and also um, McCain's wife. I forget her name offhand. But anyway, uh, she very condescendingly in this snarky tone um, at, in, in this particular edit was just talking to John's wife saying, but John believes in, in, in creationism and a creationism. Isn't that right? So here we're talking about going for the president of the United States, but this person in her area of influence is trying to cut down uh, that particular candidate and, and basically citing very not so subtly that, you know, what a ludicrous position that is if you are defending creation. And and that's really what was going on here. Uh, you know, you've got COVID-19 and, you know, you, you've got, uh, uh, you know, some of the, the, the examples of what we've seen, uh, you know, over the past year with Dr. Fauci and, and a year and a half and just the, the, the unbelievable amount of inconsistency and in information and you know, he would change from one week to the other, to the other week, to the next week, to the next week. But yet he's being pushed out as the expert. And then if you disagree with him, you're anti-science. So, it, you, you know, so if, if, if you're watching and you're, you know, you're deducting things objectively, you know, forget it. All bets are off because you have to adhere to what he says and, that, and that's it. And, and you know, it's, it's just crazy. So I'm, I'm pointing out here. Um, uh, John Stewart was was recently on Stephen Colbert. I'm talking to you now at the end of June. This happened probably mid June. Uh, look it up on YouTube. It's a brilliant. Um, uh, uh, it's not even. It's not a skit. It's an interview. But he gets into COVID nineteen, the fact that it came from China, it came from the Wuhan lab, 
and you know, kind of mocking the fact that we're not supposed to know that, we're not supposed to come to this deduction. And Stephen Colbert is visibly sweating. He's trying to defend the corporate position because remember now today, the difference is corporations are tied into the government. Big money, government, politics, uh, these guys are all singing the same song. They're all working together in unison. So he was visibly kind of... uh, uh, uncomfortable to say the least with, with, you know, his friend, his, uh, uh, I'll say compadre. I mean, you know, as, as best I know, John Stewart. Um, and he's saying, come on, man, you know, we know this came from Wuhan. It's the Wuhan virus. It's a bi-, he didn't say this, but I'll say it, that it's a biological attack. But what we don't know, uh, is, is whether it was released intentionally or not at that time, but they nonetheless hid the evidence. They, they caused this massive outbreak. Uh, it, it had a tremendous impact on the American elections and other elections, the economies, and it was politically motivated for a reason. Sadly, major corporations in America, which many are bigger than some GDPs of, of nations, got in, got, they're, they're in bed with the government. So a lot of the banks, a lot of the Wall Street, a lot of these big corporations, they're all now singing the same song. They're all, you know, walking in unison with one another. And it's embarrassing when you listen to some of these late night hosts and they parrot some of the same messages. And at times, even the news, they use some of the same language. Uh, it's very, very obvious. So, you know, I'm pointing out some different late night hosts here that if you were to disagree with the things that they say, they look down on you. So if you say... You know, I, 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 I'm not for the climate, uh, the, the, the Paris Accord. You know, how dare you? Or, you know, I, I'm against abortion. You know, they'll just mock you as being out of touch. And, well, well, what's going on here? You know, I thought we were supposed to objectively evaluate fields of science. But what I'm getting at is it, it's controlling the message and it's about power. So look at the top four topics, what I would call in science today. Uh, the abortion argument, particularly in America, is, is, is without a doubt the most flammable topic. Uh, creation, you know, we, you're called a creationist, or it's called creationism, and I highlight the, the ISM on it uh, in big letters, because somehow if you put an ism on it, 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 it knocks it down a peg in terms of its validity. Climate change, Soros and, and Greta, and, and, you know, that whole a marketing campaign. And, and, you know, this is all about politics. I don't know of anybody and Christians or, or, or none alike who do not want a clean environment. And we should always be doing everything we can to do the best for the planet. But to say that these guys have the, the objectively, the, 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 the health of the planet in mind with some of the things they're doing, you're being foolish. You know, you're being you, you, the, 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 uh, Wool is being pulled over our eyes. This is politically motivated to get everybody moving in one accord, controlling the government, controlling a, a large part of the economy then, getting some of these makeshift businesses out there. You saw it coming off of the uh, Obama um, uh, campaign for finances, a lot of that going back into these phony companies that were in support of uh, um, uh, climate change. And, you know, you have the big Green New Deal now where they want to take trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars of, of an economy that's bleeding uh, and going bankrupt. And they're just taking this money like it's, you know, they're just printing it. 
uh, COVID-19, if you were to disagree with some of the information that's coming out. We just saw medical doctors uh, over the past year talk about some of the drugs that they were using that were successful. And, and they were mocked. They were shut down by social media. The tech giants shut them down. And what, what I'm getting at here is this is even a bigger attack than against Christianity, uh, but, but this is attack against the narrative. So if you have doctors and nurses and researchers coming out and trying to present this information, somehow or another, the large uh, tech giants are shutting you down. They're censoring you. They're, they're following words, key words that they, you know, might be cited. And, you know, they'll, they'll ban your videos. They'll black you out. This is the type of stuff that's going on today if you disagree. And I would say that these are the four big topics of, of abortion, um, creation versus evolution, climate change, and COVID-19. Other areas of science, the same thing. Uh, but what's particularly disrupting or unnerving for me is how this has got into the universities and these professors that are supposed to be teaching objectively uh, to a very large degree. They're pushing their uh, narrative. The, you know, they're, they're pushing their belief system onto the students. And, and there's no, uh, I shouldn't say no, but there's very limited objectivity today. And again, this, not, this is not what it was 25 or 30 years ago. And there's not this deluge of, uh, of, of an abundance of information that's come forth to, to dissuade or change you know, how we arrive at certain decisions. It's just not there. Um, you know, abortion, I, I, I can think of nothing greater than to fight for the sanctity of the life of an innocent child. And yet that's mocked and ridiculed. Uh, you know, we see this in, in, in the United States and in, in the Supreme Court and the, and the justices and the hearings and, you know, the things that go on there and the things that they came up with, uh, you know, to just destroy people's lives. They don't care. They do not care. They will take you down. They will do whatever it can because that's what's at stake here. And sadly, you know, many Christians just get in line and, you know, they, they just, oh, well, you know, uh, the, 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 the appeasement of pulling your heartstrings from the left uh, is, is, is okay. So I'll look the other way when I see evil or if I see something that's blatantly wrong when you're tailoring the way in which you would murder a child because I want those organs coming out in such a fashion to move onto the black market. And to say that I'm saying something that uh, is not true, then you're, you're just ignoring the abundance of information and videos and uh, things that have gone out there and have been proven. We're in a political standpoint, you know, we're we're looking at an industry that tailors abortions and they and and they launder political money. Uh, I'm talking about Planned Parenthood in the United States. It is a political money laundering machine for the left, and babies are being used. Uh, as part of the, the lives of babies. But yet, you know, we're supposed to just ignore and appease the conscience of these congressmen and senators and people who vote for this. So I have a fundamental question. Let's, let's go down to the area of creation versus evolution. And I'll, I'll spend a little time on this. Um, I'm going to give you the cliff notes. Uh, you know, I'll say this up front. But what I want to get to here is every person on the earth inevitably asks themselves very specific questions. They're the same questions. They may come about at various stages of life. They're often repeated due to the need to readjust or change conclusions based on new information that's coming in. But the questions that you and billions of others have asked that are past and present, does it, it, it's just com it's consistent. 
It, this is not impugned by geographical origin, cultural diversity, or even education. No matter what your upbringing is, you ask these same questions that I do and everybody else has. They all represent an inherent desire to know and understand the meaning of this truth. Who am I? Where did I come from? How did I get here? What am I here for? Who put me here? Does God exist? If so, who is God? Does God have a plan for me? What is that plan? What happens after I die? So, you you know, no matter where you are today and where you're listening and whether you believe in God or not, whether you're a Christian or not, you've asked yourself these questions. You may come about with, you know, to, to different conclusions, but if, if we're all asking this question and we all obviously believe that there's a purpose involved, yet evolution teaches there is no purpose. We just, you know, we're, we're created randomly. So that in and of itself just flies in the face of, of, of what's being put forth as you cannot question evolution. So let's, let's look at science. What does science say today? What about the origins of the universe? According to the scientific dis- discoveries, what you're seeing in the uh, university textbooks and the accepted standards was that this universe was created approximately 20 billion years ago, give or take a few billion years. As time goes by, this seems to number seems to go up. Uh, this occurred from a random cosmic explosion of a subatomic ball that hurled time, space, matter, and energy in all directions, the quote-unquote Big Bang. The entire universe came from an, an initial speck of infinite destiny, density known as singularity. It appeared from nowhere for no reason, and it only exploded suddenly. But then, over a period of some 10, 10 billion years give or take a few billion, this newly created space, time, matter, and energy evolved into this remarkably designed and fully functional galaxy with stars and planets and including our home planet Earth. So from that, let's shift to how do we get life? Once again, let's look to the scientific studies, the research, the books. They say that organic life sprung from non-organic matter, exclusively through a natural process on a prebiotic earth, this prebiotic ooze. The original life came from, uh, evolved into more, I'm sorry, the original life form then evolved into more complex life forms through a natural process of random mutations and natural selections. We don't know how this all came about, uh, and how you got inorganic or you somehow came about with inorganic material to organic material. Uh, but we're just supposed to assume that, yeah, that's all well and good. Yeah, I got it. You guys say it, it's good. Uh, okay, I'm good with that. So in other words, random matter randomly acted on other matter for a long period of time, creating everything that we see today. Now, granted, that's the abridged version, but that's when you break it down and you should be able to break things down. That's what they're saying. That's what we're supposed to believe. So what happens? I'm going to come up with questions. You're going to come up with questions. We're all going to come up with the same questions. How can nothing explode? Where did all the manager, matter and the energy come from? What caused its release? How did this explosion order itself? How can simplicity become complexity? Where did the chemical elements come from? What about all the mathematical laws? What about the law of gravity that, that Neil Tyson uh, uh, mentioned earlier? Uh, where did the physical properties come from? 
How do we explain the, this, this incredible design and complexity and the, and the fine tunings of the galaxies and the solar systems and the stars? How do we explain all that from this random, quote-unquote, Big Bang? And I'm sorry, that to me takes a far, far, far greater degree of faith than anything I can come up with or anything the Bible or, or other religions can offer. Then you have to go to the natural side. Well, how did life come from a rock? So I'm here speaking to you in this microphone, in this studio, uh, and, and, and putting together this presentation when my ancestors are rocks. That's what it's coming down to. How about a bird? How does that become a lizard? How come we don't see all those fossils today? Why don't we see birds become lizards today? How come there's no transitional fossils in the museums? Again, we should see billions and zillions of fossils, but yet we don't see them. Why have we never observed beneficial mutations today? They're saying that everything was a mutation and it happened randomly and it was all for the betterment. But yet if you see a, a random mutation today, it's, it's all some form of destruction. Think about Mount St. Helens. That blows up. It, it, you know, what comes out of that? Nothing but chaos and, and, it, and destruction, and, and it destroys life. How can we explain random developments of, of the, the, the incredible uh, uh, splendor of the human eye, the digestive tract? How about the brain, the heart, the lungs? What about our subconscious mind, our desire to know you know, where did we come from? Where does that subconscious come from? How does evolution explain that? It can't. And, and this, is the, this is kind of where we're at. So let me go another step further. Science will say all of these things, but in order to get there, you have seven stages of evolution. There's something called cosmic, stellar, chemical, planetary, organic, macro, and micro. Let me give you a brief synopsis, and let's start from the beginning. Cosmic evolution is how everything came together, the, 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 the planets and, and, and then the stars and the sun and so forth. So this was the development of space, time, matter, and energy. But remember, it came from nothing. Then you have stellar evolution, the development of complex stars from chaotic first elements. Chemical evolution, the development of chemical elements from an original two. So all of these original two came out of nowhere. And notice, because you had to have start with those two. And yet all the other elements today came from that. Then you had the next step of planetary evolution. The planetary system somehow came into alignment through randomly swirling elements. Then from that, organic evolution. Now we're going to get to life. The development of organic life from inorganic matter basically a rock. Then you have macroevolution, the development of one kind of life from a totally different type of life. And all of that is supposed to be fact. Now, before I get to microevolution, let me just say that everything that I just read has never been observed in science before, but yet it's represented as discernible fact. And that if you question this, you're a loon. If you, if you bring God into the equation, you're a loon. And none of this has been observed today. This is all a giant assumption going back 20 billion years. The final stage of evolution is microevolution, which we can agree with. The development of variations within the same kind of life. We see that. We've observed that in science. No argument there. But again, you're making this giant leap about these others. So this is what, what's going on. So basically... Uh, everything is, 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 again, it's being pushed as fact. 
And I don't necessarily, you know, I don't, I, I, I want to get to the truth. But if you want to teach this as a theory, fine, then substantiate it. You know, bring some information behind it, but be willing to also engage and listen to other points of view. But you, you're, you're a fool if you don't see that over this last 25 or 30 years, they're trying to move God out of the equation. They're intentionally moving him out. So to sum it up, the first six phases of evolution are merely assumed. So I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'm just going to bring something, what I believe is, is, is interesting, and if you take into the Genesis account of creation. Uh, it, it, there's two important factors that it starts off with that is mandatory for science. What, number one, it states initial conditions, and number two, it provides a frame of reference. It also provides important information to man, because ultimately, we're not only talking about all this great alignment of planets, moons, and stars, but you're talking about the habitability of a planet, of, of us to be able to breathe and, and to live and to function and have all of our organs lining up. So there's 10 steps of the creation process that agrees with science. Number one, the heavenly bodies were created. Number two, let there be light. Number three, let there be expanse between the waters to separate water from water. The development of the hydraulic, uh, hydrologic cycle, I should say. So with light hitting the earth, this allows the evaporation of water and the clouds to form, which gives you the water above and the water below. Number four, let the water under the sky gather in one place. Let dry ground appear. It's the formation of land and sea. Today, science agrees that it states there was a tremendous amount of seismic activity with volcanoes and earthquakes. We agree that the ratio of land to water is the exact percentage that allows the number of living species in the earth today. Step number five, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with its seed in it. This is seen in, in or observed in Genesis 1.11. This agrees that light is necessary as well as the amount of carbon dioxide that's required. Six, let the lights be in the expanse of the sky to separate day from night. Let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. Atmosphere transparency. The sun, the moon, the stars now become visible. This is all, this is all you know, agreeable. In day four, it could have meant as in past tense or made to appear, but this is the word bara. It means created out of nothing, and it's what is used in Genesis 1.1. So if here you say you're created and God created, and let me just... Let me just say this, that the, uh, the Big Bang is often used as the Genesis account of creation, and it's not true. You cannot say that God caused the Big Bang. It says in Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't say anything about the Big Bang. So for those Christians, again, who try to compromise, I, I would suggest check out the Bible because... There's no compromise there, I, and I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. Number eight, the, uh, or seven, the creation of small sea animals and birds, creation of land animals, uh, step number eight. Uh, the animals that were created according to their kind. They didn't evolve. We can now define according to their kind through DNA and reproduction. And let me just say this, too, that if you wanted to, and, and I know a lot of people, they do, that Christians will, will start to compromise and say, well, God caused evolution. And granted, if God wanted to cause evolution, he could, but then that whole, that if that be, means Jesus going to the cross is moot. It, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, you just, you can't have the two there. Here you have the survival of the fittest, if you will, but then 
you know, why, why did that all happen beforehand? It, it just, it does not line up with the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. You just can't bring, you cannot enter or you cannot bring Charles Darwin and the origin of the species into the same room as Jesus Christ and the account of Genesis. They, they're, they're juxtaposed to one another. They just cannot live in the same room together. Uh, then you have step number nine, the creation of man. Step number 10, God rested uh, on the seventh day. Whether you want to believe this or not, it's fine. But it lines up with, it gives scientific plausibility. Let, let me put it that way. Uh, and, and if you want to disagree with it, okay, that's fine. But I would say that there's more than enough information to undoubtedly trust the validity of the Bible to at least consider it and bring it into the air of discussion. Let me just wind this down. DNA. Many people are obviously very familiar with this. Uh, deoxyribonucleic acid. Say that three times real fast. For In other words, let me just say this. For a biological system to operate, it needs this genetic information. It causes and builds the proteins and the machines for allowing our body to function. Uh, it, it's dependent upon four DNA chemicals, 20 different proteins, and 30,000 different types of proteins. So those different combinations of all those different factors and all those different mathematical possibilities line up to form the sequences that give the genetic instructions to uh, uh, provide the functions in the various parts of the body, whether it's your eyes, your, your, your heart, your lungs, your, your muscles. This all is required. So all of this code is very unique to you, and it's what, how, what I believe God made you. And this is a code. This is the far, by far and away the most sophisticated software code ever even conceived. So my question is, where did this genetic information come from? Where did the code come from? Where did, it, it, it could not have randomly appeared. It could not have mutated. It could not have happened because you couldn't have, take one step without having another step already in place. So it's impossible for evolution to go forth without getting into the equation or the, the, the discussion of DNA. Let me give you some examples. Uh, the DNA sequence of, uh, of a human genome would fill 200, 1,000-page New York City telephone directories. If you unwrap all of the DNA you have in your cells, you could fill enough books to fill the Grand Canyon 78 times, you and you alone. If you could line up your DNA from end to end, it would go back and forth to the sun 600 times. That's how much code is in your body. That's how detailed and special God created you and God made you. And science does not have an answer, or I should say science. Science discovered this. Science, uh, the, the, if you go back to the late 40s and 50s, that's when they were able to unravel this information and see uh, that this code is, in fact, in our bodies, discovered by science. But I would say, you know, then, well, and they cannot answer who put that information there, and I would say that that's God. So let me just close with this. I have a sign up, a sign, a, uh, a graphic up. It says, Christians are stupid. It's the anti-science strategy. And, and, and I've talked a lot about this here. <clears throat> and it's really, it's these very subtle attempts. Um, but let me, let, me, let, me, let me get into the Bible. And, I, and I've said this before. The Bible is not a primer on science, but there's some interesting things that you'd be a fool not to, not to at least recognize. Uh, there are hundreds of scientific discoveries that happened thousands of years before we even had the technology or the capability to prove these theories out. Uh, 
but it was written in the Bible thousands of years earlier. So let's take a look at some of these things that were just written about. For instance, the earth, and I, let me just say this too, that I'm going to give you all of the scriptures here that you can look this up. If you're listening to me on podcast, everything is here. If you can get back to the video, if you wanted to look up the scriptures. But in Job 26.7, the earth uh, freely floats in space. So it hangs on nothing, I believe it says. Creation is made of particles that are indiscernible to our eyes. In Hebrews, the ark, the, you know, the, how, how they make fun of the ark if you believe in the flood. But yet the specifications of an ark is a perfectly floating vessel today. Uh, and it's used today. Those specifications are used in giant uh, vessels today. And, and I, I did a study on this a while back. Uh, the darkness of the ocean floor contains springs. Again, in Job. How do we know that the ocean floor contains springs? We weren't able to discover that until the 20th century. But yet it was written about in the Bible. Leaves of trees are, are, are medicine. There are mountains on the bottom of the ocean floor. Jonah. Again, you know, it, we, we didn't have the technology or the equipment that we could withstand the pressure to get down that low. But yet somehow it was written about in the Bible thousands of years earlier. Black holes, dark matter are anticipated. Light can be divided. We know that light is divided into three different categories. Scriptures assume a revolving earth. Everybody thought for the longest time that there, there, there was a, uh, um, a, a flat earth and um, everything revolved around it. But that this, that uh, Luke uh, 17, 34, it, it assumes the revolving earth. Uh, light travels in a path. Uh, Leviticus warns against eating birds of prey. The sun goes in a circuit. You know, that you go back to Copernicus if you read Psalms. For so often, we thought the world and the planets and everything in the sun revolved around the earth when, in fact, the sun goes in a circuit and everything revolves around the sun. Uh, circumcision on the eighth day is ideal. The universe is expanding. We know that from the discovery of the Hubble telescope in the 20s, uh, the 1920s. Uh, the universe is expanding. DNA is anticipated. Laughter, we know, promotes physical healing. Consuming blood is dangerous to your health. Description of dinosaurs. What? Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Dinosaurs? Well, you know, we didn't know about that. Job describes a beast the size of a, uh, of a cedar tree with a tail the size of a cedar tree. And there's other examples in, in that in there. So again, that kind of flies in the face of evolution because you can't have man and dinosaurs in the same category. And, you know, very often than not, you know, people will say, well, the Bible doesn't mention dinosaurs. So the word wasn't around until the 1800s. And, but they do describe dragons and beasts and Leviathan. And, and there is accounts of that. And then if you're really uh, hungry, if you can look up, there, there are statues and, and uh, paintings, or I should say carvings of uh, uh, things that we know are 1,000, 2,000 years old of man with dinosaurs. And there was no uh, software. There were no cameras back then. Uh, there was no manipulation. There was no Photoshop. But yet uh, there, 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 there's just an incredible detail of man with dinosaurs. Uh, atomic fission anticipated. The universe had a beginning. Second law of thermodynamics, entropy. It's explained in Psalm 102. So I'm sorry. These are things that make you go, hmm, so excuse my sarcasm, but I get a little bit annoyed, you know, when I see people who try to say that, uh, you know, Christians are ignorant and they're relying upon this old ancient book, when in fact, I, I've just cited, you know, 21 items here, I could have gone on with a lot more, but just to give you an idea, 
that that God knows everything, created everything, and don't be ashamed, and and also be respectful. And and, and again, if you have a different opinion, that's fine. But let's be open. Let's let's get the information out there. Let's be objective and come to objective conclusions. So I, I thank you for your time. Uh, I'm sorry I got a, on a little bit of a soapbox there, but you know I'm I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate that that you know the Lord has provided so much of these answers, and we don't need to be ashamed of the gospel, and we don't need to be ashamed of what the Word of God says about who we are and what we are and how we got here and where we're going, dependent upon our decisions. So if you have any questions, comments. By all means, email me, russickoutlook at gmail.com. I would be happy to. Again, my name is Mark Russick. You've been listening to the Russick Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion.